Welcome to the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. I am Tom Valentino, Senior Editor of BHE, and today I am joined by Chuck Angolia, the President and CEO of the National Council for Behavioral Health. Chuck has more than 20 years in the field, and earlier this year, he succeeded Linda Rosenberg as the leader of National Council. Chuck, you got a lot happening as we look ahead to 2020. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to chat with us. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'm really happy to be with you. All right. So you've had about, uh, what, about five, six months now to get settled into your new role as uh, president and CEO of National Council. Big job, lots of responsibilities. How's it going so far? You know, Tom, it's, it's been great. You know, I've had the privilege of working here at the National Council for 14 years, and I'm just really humbled to take over as CEO. Um, it's been, you know, uh, a incredible journey for me, the privilege of working at the National Council, but because we're trying to advance sound public policy um, to help people um, have better access and quality of care, you know, that is what motivates me every day. And that's what we're trying to do here at the National Council. All right. So one of the things your communications folks were telling me leading up to this interview is that you've got some polling data that's showing bipartisan support for federal funding of mental health programs. I've been under the impression that in Washington these days, you can't even get people on opposing sides of the aisle to agree on pizza toppings. What are you seeing here? Yeah, you know, Tom, that's a, that's great. You know, we, we uh, are doing this polling uh, with uh, a firm here in DC called morning consult. And, you know, that's exactly what uh, the woman who uh, uh, was doing our polling told us. She goes, you know, I do a lot of polls. There's not much bipartisan agreement on, on uh, many topics. Um, so it's you know, incredible, you know, that 77% of Americans believe uh, that, the, uh, that the federal government are not doing enough to address mental health. And, you know, that's 85% Democrats and 68% Republicans share that, uh, share that feeling. So I think we're at a really pivotal time. You know, the issues that um, play out all the time, whether those be uh, the continued increase in suicides, opioid overdoses, um, uh, those, as well as, you know, uh, concerns around mental health, as uh, you know, in schools are really on people's minds. And I think uh, people expect uh, their elected officials to do something about it. Do you see this um, becoming a, a key part of the election coming up in 2020? I mean, it, it, there's a lot yeah. of different well, issues. Well, that... Tom, you're foreshadowing some poll- new polling that we're going to release next week. Um, oh. I think, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think we were pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, we asked a question back in June on this topic, and it it, it did indicate um, that uh, people did, uh, you know, were expecting, you know, this is something they're going to be paying attention to as they head into the election booth. Uh, we did some more polling that uh, further confirms that. And I can't spill the beans, but I'd say, you know, be on the lookout for that. All right. Well, we will definitely be keeping an eye out for uh, anything that you guys are putting out on that front. Always uh, good stuff for us to cover. And I look forward to checking that out. Speaking of uh, big topics um, in your jurisdiction that we've written about this year, been a lot of discussion right now around certified community behavioral health clinics. Uh, you know, we've written about these a, a couple times this year, mostly through the lens of their funding being temporarily extended a, a couple months at a time. 
Uh, it's a big initiative for you guys at, at National Council. What's the latest on certified community behavioral health clinics? Um, are we seeing uh, potential for uh, long-term funding that's a bit more secure? Um, yeah. Possibly uh, some program expansion. What's going on? Yeah, you know, so think, I, Tom, I, I'd say from your lips to God's ears, right? You know, so uh, the good news is, right, that Congress keeps extending the program. And the reason we're doing short-term extensions is, I think, goes back to the comment you made earlier, Republicans and Democrats can't seem to agree on anything. Um, and, and so the good news is we've had strong support for this program. The short-term extensions are just the nature of the way kind of things are working here in D.C. right now. Um, they're, they're, but Congress is working on a longer term solution for a lot of Medicare and Medicaid policies. And we do expect that excellence will be uh, and continuing the continuing and hopefully expanding the certified community behavioral health clinic demo will be part of those conversations. Now, the last I had heard on this, there were uh, you've got like the, the programs in eight states that had had their funding extended and there yeah. were other states that this had expanded to are those other states is it is just nothing happening right now or, or what's going on there well you know that's an intriguing question because some states are not waiting for washington you know uh there are states that are building the framework to uh uh to launch ccbhc's certified community behavioral health clinics they're not waiting for the federal government to give them permission uh, there are conversations happening in other states. Um, so we're very encouraged. You know, I think uh, this model has traction because, you know, uh, we've been really operating in our field for a long time without a roadmap. This program, the, the notion of having standards, uh, having standard data really gives us um, something that can, you know, uh, guide the field into the future. And people seem to be resonating with that. Okay. Let's uh, let's bring this full circle back to your role as president and CEO of National Council. As we look ahead to 2020, what's uh, what else is on your policy agenda? And uh, tell us a little bit about what your big objectives are for the year. Yeah. Well, certainly we want to see the CCBHC program continue to grow and expand. Um, so many people have gained access to treatment for the first time as a result of this program. We know. Uh, but that that we continue to have challenges in this country and meeting all of the demand that exists uh, for substance use and mental health treatment. So we want to see that grow. Certainly continuing to find ways to um, spread prevention, treatment, and recovery uh, services for people who have substance use disorders is really important. We're so grateful that Congress is paying attention to, to the opioid crisis. Um, but we hope that what doesn't get lost in that is that, you know, there are other addiction challenges all over this country. You know, four times as many people die from alcohol in any given year as they do from opioids. In many parts of this country, methamphetamine and cocaine are, are reemerging as, as serious health challenges. So we want Congress to continue to invest in substance use prevention, treatment, and recovery. Part of that, what we're hoping is that uh, the specialized money that's been set aside for opioids actually gets added to the substance abuse prevention and treatment block grant so that states continue to have sufficient resources and flexibility. Uh, obviously, we need sufficient workforce to meet these challenges. 
Um, so we're continuing to work on expanding loan repayment programs, uh, working with Medicare to try to expand uh, the, the types of professionals that can practice independently. You know, those are just a few of the things that I, I can mention, you know, as one of my contract lobbyists uh, reminds us, we need about 12 more staff to do all the things that we're, you know, but there's just so much need and we're trying to be as creative as we can to, to uh, move policies to make a difference in communities. Yeah, you know, with the opioid uh, lawsuits, you know, we, we see a whole lot of attention being paid uh, to what's going on in the courts there. And, you know, just the opioid epidemic in general, it's, it's dominated headlines so much in recent years. But, you know, to your point, there are other substances that are also proving to be uh, problematic uh, for society in general. Um, you know, you've got a lot of great ideas there. How do you get the ball rolling on shifting those conversations and getting people to look beyond just opioids to, uh, you know, substance use, uh, you know, from a more broad perspective and yeah. in looking beyond just opioids? Well, I think it happens in a number of ways. You know, it is, it's no one thing. Um, one of the reasons opioids became such a huge issue and that Washington paid attention was that every time members of Congress went home, people were talking to them about it. And so I think we've got to encourage people to do that about all the challenges that they face in their communities. You know, uh, it's a great example that when um, people raise something up as an issue, politicians do pay attention. Uh, so to the extent that all of your listeners uh, can make sure that they participate in town hall meetings, that they contact uh, their local uh, members of Congress, uh, whether that be about addiction issues that they're seeing, suicide in their communities, other issues of access related to mental health, that is really important. Second is how folks like you in the media talk about this, uh, reminding people that, yes, we have problems with opioids in this country, but we have a lot of other challenges as well. And third, it's groups like us working in coalition with other uh, Washington-based advocacy groups to reinforce that message in Capitol Hill. But it's got to be all of us working together. All right. Um, from where you're sitting right now, any other big issues that uh, those of us, uh, you know, uh, covering these things should be keeping an eye on? Any other uh, topics that you see uh, becoming really big talking points in 2020? Well, certainly, you know, the president has expressed real concern recently about homelessness and and, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what comes of that from a policy perspective. I hope that it's about putting more resources in to expand access to flexible community services as opposed to uh, relying on coercion, uh, um, you know, to get people in, uh, uh, off the streets. Uh, but I think that uh, is uh, something we'll be paying attention to. Okay. Chuck, this has been great stuff. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, best of luck and uh, everything that you're working on in uh, 2020 and beyond. Thank you so much. Tom, thanks for the opportunity. All right. That is going to do it for us for this episode. Our thanks again to Chuck Angolia, president and CEO of the National Council for joining us. I'm Tom Valentino. This has been the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.